0: Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Today's episode is a re airing of a classic show, and until today, it was available only to the Herbal Nerd Society. So, myself, Sue, and Candace use this time to harvest herbs and the fruits of summer, just kick back and relax and enjoy this classic. How to treat anxiety with herbs and essential oils, remedies for the holiday stress and anxiety Candace is already using. During the break, we will have a special announcement about the club. So, now on with the show.
1: I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Real Herbalism Radio. Radio. So today we're going to be talking about anxiety. There are three different ways that I'm thinking of for approaching anxiety, and one of them is thinking about the, like the clinical disorder anxiety, mm-hmm. and you need to be careful about which herbals you use for those, and you want to work with your medical practitioners and yeah, all of that you wouldn't want to herb drug interaction that's exactly unpleasant. exactly and then there's looking at anxiety that those of us who don't have anxiety disorders often run into which is you know i've got to give a speech tomorrow and i'm worried about it. i've got stage mm-hmm. fright you know daily or i'm worried about paying the bills or that kind of daily anxiety right and then there's the third thing is the the herbs and other things that you can do to help support yourself to help alleviate opportunities for anxiety to show up. Yeah. Like Situational. Good health. Yeah, and good mm. health and that sort of thing. Yeah. So let's start talking first about the herbals for daily anxiety. Okay. You know,
2: the- All right. Just I, I know that there are some times in our life when we're a little more anxious than others, perhaps starting new jobs or when we just feel like we're at that time of our life where there's a lot of people expecting things of us that we don't feel comfortable providing and yet that's the way it is. And so for those kind of things, you can set yourself up where you're having some nerve-calming herbs like oats. Oats are wonderful. You can either take those in a tincture form or just have a good solid breakfast of oatmeal in the morning it really does help rebuild the nervous system and i know that people that breed herding animals particularly up in the british isles will feed their animals oats to help calm those nerves that uh, some of the, some of the herding animals they can get kind of stressed out
1: right like the herding dogs too yes yeah. yes
2: exactly so those are those are things that are really important for us and If you start your day with a good protein-based breakfast, that helps with the the, um, nervous tension and anxiety that people experience. It's just a good, solid way to start your day so you can handle whatever things get thrown at you.
1: That sounds good. There's also one of the ones that I've liked, especially for the evening when I'm trying to relax after a stressful day is skullcap Mm -hmm. uh, because it helps my mind relax so my thoughts aren't racing like they had been.
2: Yeah, skullcap is so wonderful because it combines well with a lot of other herbs and we like to use skullcap in the clinic for people that come in with uh, some general anxiety caused by stressful conditions that they feel they have absolutely no control over. And particularly since we deal with a lot of the unhoused or the people that are economically distressed, skullcap is one of our go-to. And you see oftentimes a valerian combined with skullcap. That's a good combination for people that have sleep disorders. They, uh, With valerian, it does it does better if you take a dose in the afternoon and then you take another dose just before bed. But for some people, they're just anxious all day and they don't want to be droopy during the day. So, taking it, Valerian skull cap throughout the day is not the choice for them. But a good skull cap, uh, light dosage, for example, either half a dropper full or a, a full dropper full followed by food, would be a, a good thing to have throughout the day. And you can combine. The skull cap with other things like uh, lemon balm it's a wonderful combination and lemon balm is also really soothing for the digestive system as well as helping calm the nerves we have seen people in the clinic that have come in and they're very anxious and antsy and we'll just give them a little bit of lemon balm that it has either a glycerite or a honey base and you just see a smile come onto their lips just as they're trying it because it's got that sunny lemon taste to it yeah. and it's hard not to smile
1: when you have that in your mouth tickling your taste buds oh yeah, there's a reason why they called it the herb of good cheer back in the middle ages it very really true. does bring your spirits back up
2: very true, yes and it. it I mean, lemon balm has lots of other properties to it, people that have tension and are also have um herpes either genital herpes or oral herpes or if they have shingles or mono those are all in the same family and lemon balm is really good for treating that virus so they're they've already started getting tense and so now their body's susceptible to an outbreak there you go i mean it makes lemon balm a real natural addition to someone with anxiety to their diet
1: yeah, another good one would be catnip,
2: right? Oh, yes, yeah. Catnip is so good for the digestive system. We always think of it as just something to give your cats, which it certainly is. <laughs> you know, they respond very well. Most cats respond very well. But for us, it's a nice digestive, minty taste, and it's easy to give to kids, and it's got a calming effect. But I I think that's an easy thing because it's in the mint family. A lot of things that are good for anxiety are in the mint family. That's true. I know that's one of your favorite families. Yeah,
1: it is actually one of my favorite families. It works so well for me. Yeah. (laughs) You use peppermint, too, don't you, for soothing anxiety? We do use peppermint or spearmint, depending on the time of year. In the winter, I'm more likely to choose peppermint because it's a little bit warming, whereas Mm -hmm. spearmint's a little bit cooling, so I'll go for that in the summer. Yeah, But yeah, the mint family, it also makes pretty much everything. They both make everything taste good. Yes, that's true. Which, you know, some of the herbs that are good for anxiety, a lot of people don't like. Like motherwort, for instance. Another member of the mint family... And excellent for anxiety, especially when it's accompanied with like heart palpitations and yeah, you know, anxiety because of hormonal imbalances like adolescent anxiety or mm-hmm. menopausal anxiety. You know, motherwort's great for that. Yeah, but it doesn't necessarily taste terrific. No, so. it's got a fairly bitter taste to it. Exactly. But
2: it it does work very quickly on heart palpitations, and it's it another one of things along with hawthorn. And skull cap. That it's a good combination for people. It's good to um, make sure that magnesium. We see a lot of magnesium deficiencies in our in our clinic, and so adding uh, a good complex carbohydrate diet, if they can, um, sending people out the door with magnesium supplements along with the D3, that seems to really help people kind of get a little more control of how their thinking patterns are going, the racing thoughts, and the, if you're racing in your mentality. It's hard to make really good choices, and yet a lot of people that are in those chronic conditions, they need to be on top of their game all the time to help themselves pull themselves out of that hole that they've dug themselves into. Yeah, exactly. Um, We want to break that cycle.
1: Yeah, one of the ones that I've liked to pair with Motherwort and Skullcap, and often I'll add Oat Straw in there too, just because our Oat Tops, which I like better, the Mm -hmm. Oat Tops, um, is Borich. That's another one that i've found has really been good at helping rebuild the system mm-hmm. so the skull cap helps my mind relax and the oats give me a little more strength and the motherwort calms the general anxiety and my you know my heart center down and yeah. the borage makes me feel like okay i think i've got enough strength to get through the next day or hour or whatever yeah borage for courage yes
2: just a little quote and it, that does help people that they know what they need to do, but it's hard for them to get up the gumption to do so. Right. And I'm not sure what it is about it, but I know that also growing borage is a good helper in the garden to remind yourself to kind of stay on task. It's constantly populated by bees. Yes. And bees are, are really uh, just the sound of them, but that's mm-hmm. very restful to hear them and to see them so concentrated on their... You know, the borage replenishes its nectar every seven minutes, which is why the bees bees are constantly there. Yeah, they are constantly there. And the hummingbirds, too.
1: Hummingbirds are, symbolically, they remind us to keep our energies balanced and think carefully about where we're applying our energies. Mm -hmm. You know, to work efficiently and work well with, with the energy we've got. And they love borage
2: they do yeah Yeah. it's a beautiful plant and it's such a weedy little plant too it can grow in many different places and that's Mm -hmm. one of the great things about that of course dandelions all over the place but people that live in places where they can't really have a proper garden sometimes will look around and they'll see well this borage could grow here if if nothing else borage can grow here even if i forget to water it and they're
1: right yeah Yeah. it does wonderfully even in my you know areas of my garden that I never think to water. And they Mm -hmm. still manage it. It survives through the whole drought season. Yep, pops back up the next spring, surprisingly. Seeds
2: dramatically. Yes,
1: the seeds go all over the place. Other things I wanted to get to for talking about general anxiety but that can also be helpful for if you've got clinical one of the clinical anxiety disorders particularly if you're on medications would be some of the like the homeopathics and the flower essences and Mm -hmm. and even essential oils can be really helpful yes for everyone and they're all most of these are relatively safe the flower essences and homeopathics are completely safe regardless of whether you're taking medications or working with a therapist or not. Yeah. What are some of your favorite flower essences for anxiety? I like the yarrow, both the pink and the golden yarrow, to begin with. Those Mm -hmm. ones are really good for helping to just give you your boundaries back, Mm -hmm. weed out or bleed out whatever it is that might be overwhelming you so that all you have to deal with is your own emotions, Mm -hmm. nobody else's. That's um, particularly helpful for people that... Do caregiving, like caregiving, teaching, you right? Know, teachers, caregivers, people who in the medical field, like nurses, mm-hmm. you know, all of them can really really benefit from some yarrow
2: flower essence. Is pink a little bit different than yellow in the way that it, or white yarrow in the way that it manifests?
1: Yeah, the white yarrow is fairly general. Golden yarrow is especially well when you tend to feel your anxiety right in the center of your stomach. So my, my family, we call it anxiety stomach. Often if you're getting ready for going on stage to give a presentation, for Mm -hmm. instance, and you've got anxiety, performance anxiety, Golden Yarrow is excellent for helping to calm that area. Mm -hmm. Pink Yarrow is particularly good for those who are in professions or in situations where they are doing a lot of caregiving and they're really focusing or need to be focused on how other people are feeling Mm -hmm. because those feelings can get to the point where they're overwhelming to the individual and the Pink Yarrow helps Better than the others, but I'd go for any flower and any yarrow flower essence if, right. I, if I, you know, if I'm in that state, you know, I'd go for whatever I can get my hands on. So
2: the pink yarrow is particularly good for people that they make their business by looking for clues. From human behavior, but those right. clues need to have boundaries so that they don't penetrate.
1: Exactly. Okay. In fact, the people, all of you that work at Occupy Medical would probably benefit quite a bit from the pink yarrow. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. <laughs> yeah. So some of the other flower essences that we've used are like aspen. That's one that's been a favorite in my family because it's it's for anxiety where you don't really know why. You're just anxious. Mm-hmm. And you can't pin it to anything real aspen helps to alleviate that that vague anxiety
2: tree medicine is one of those things that i feel like i'm just opening myself up to it's it classic herbalists kind of ignore the trees they tend to go for the herbaceous perennials or different things like that but um, the reappearance of birch for instance in my life using it in the foot clinic because it's such a strong antiseptic and some of those other trees of course hawthorn i i've loved for years but the actual bark of a tree in aspen as you said it's it's really a neglected resource in the herb field it is
1: it is and it's amazing because trees have so much to give and they've been here so long they're so grounding and stable Mm -hmm. and most of the time that's exactly what we need as herbalists is something to help the person ground, become grounded and stable in a better place. Yeah, you know? steadfast. Yeah. yeah. Another one that we've used in our family would be the mustard flower essence. That's hmm. good for when you've got anxiety that's accompanied with depression, particularly adolescence is a good time hmm. for mustard. Because you get the depression, and then you feel worried about things, and it may, you know, that in with, accompaniment with aspen together, those two, mm-hmm. help you get through some of those really shaky years when you're younger.
2: Hmm. So. Yeah, that's a good one to keep in mind. Yeah. Wasn't there um, some other flowers out there that you like using I think you had mentioned a monkey
1: flower or something Oh like yeah, that. the pink pink monkey flower is good for when you're worried about being accepted by others. It's another one that's a good adolescent formula. Mm-hmm. And it also, you know, strangely as being you know, the age I am and the place in life I am where I'm beginning to kind of put my toe back into the workplace a little bit more professionally because I've been raising a kid and I'm still mom and I'm still teaching mm-hmm. and doing that, but I'm getting ready for career. Pink monkey flower is a good one to deal with those anxieties because it's worry about... How people are gonna perceive you, I'm in a transition and I'm you know, getting ready to try to be in a life and honestly, I was a professional before my child. Right. So it shouldn't be that hard. And then you start to feel guilty, like, oh God, I you know, why am I thinking this? Oh my god, what if they What if they don't like me? Uh So pink monkey flower helps to alleviate, and get you back to a centered place. Like, no, this is okay. This is a normal, natural place to be. Mm -hmm. And, of course, people will like you Mm -hmm. well enough. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. no doubt. I
2: I know there's a number of those flower essences that are also fantastic as just regular herbals. Yeah. And uh, I'm not as familiar with them, but uh, um, isn't there a, a, a... uh, passion flower or something like that on the list. It's hard for me to remember some of them, but
1: yeah, passion flower. I'm sure there is a passion. I don't remember what passion flower specifically helps for. One of the mm-hmm. ones I think is kind of cool is Oregon grape. Oh, as it's, a flower essence? Yeah, as a flower essence. Wow, it helps when you're expecting hostility from other people. So when you're anxious because you're constantly you're expecting that people are going to be hostile towards you uh-huh. regularly. Oregon grape is what you go for. It's also wonderful herbal because it helps to strengthen your immune system and protect you. So mm-hmm. if part of your anxiety is coming from illness or recent Ill- illness, mm-hmm. Oregon Grape's a good place to be taking, you know, even just the, the fruit. Taking right. the Oregon grape tincture from the, the fruit instead of the bark. That's interesting because
2: yeah. I recall very distinctly there was a meeting that was supposed to be at with two people that I had an unsteady relationship with and I hadn't seen them for a while. And, and so we met at a little cafe and on the way there, I, I there was some Oregon Great Flower blooming and I, I picked it and just kind of held it with me. And as we're sitting there at the meeting and they're trying to talk me into being involved in yet another, another group that I, I knew wouldn't be good for me because I had <laughs> such a low trust level for these people. I was Playing with the Oregon great flower and twisting it around in my hand, and they said, "Oh, once an herbalist, always an herbalist," and kind of made a joke about that. And and <laughs> you know, and that's great. You know, that was yeah. their their way of handling it. But I think that just having something where I'm focusing on rather than uh, putting too much attention, you know, being present but not putting too much attention on the people that I was anxious about. I think that really helped, and I don't know if that's another way of flower essence. Yeah. But I know that just some, it really helped me relax a lot and not let my imagination get
1: the best of me. (laughs) Right, yeah, that's exactly what Oregon Grape does, is it helps you just, you know, stay in reality Mm -hmm. and recognize and feel that, you know you're safe yeah it gives you a a, it's you know I mean think about the leaves they're so prickly
2: yes they are you know
1: they're wonderful for protection yeah and I felt very comfortable saying well
2: I'm really grateful that you guys thought about me and and I'm also grateful that you guys willing to put let bygones be bygones that's important and I'm I'm putting my energy out there for that too but this isn't a project that I have time for in my life and and let me know how it turns out I am curious yeah. about it and that was the end of it and it was it felt really good nice. so that's one so of, empowering yeah Wonderful. it really is it really yeah. is I'd love to yeah. say all of my meetings have gone way. <laughs> <laughs> I need to pick more organ grape flour. Well. what about
1: homeopathic
2: remedies
1: there were three of them that you and I had talked about. I haven't used a lot of homeopathics specifically mm-hmm. for anxiety, um, but I remember you said that you used a couple with your kids when they were younger.
2: Yeah, uh, there's a lot of things to help with sleep. Chamomile is one of them, and you see them in a lot of okay. uh, forte, uh, calms, calms-forte calms combinations, but chamomile is what they usually call it. and I had it around the house, and one time... My daughter, who's the, she's still a go-getter, uh, she found the little bottle of it and she ate all of them. Oh gosh, which was which was pesky, but not dangerous. Thankfully, so, it was homeopathic. So it was homeopathic. Yeah, so she see. yeah. So she it didn't even make her fall asleep. Whereas the just the appropriate dose did help her calm down and and get her to sleep. So that, there is something to be said about that. And then in the clinic, the things that we've relied on has been the KALI, uh, K-A-L-I, and I'm not familiar enough with how it's made to, to give any information on that, but I know that for people that have a lot of present anxiety, um, that seems to be the, the one of our go-to, and as well as the Hypericum. Which is St. John's wort, and that one seems to be best for people that have anxiety due to um, remember, constantly being aware of past trauma. Right. So, and for St. John's wort, it really does help just in the herbal form uh, to help people with depression. And again, depression caused by a trauma. So, it helps with uh, pain. Uh, caused by trauma. I know that the oil itself is really good topically and y- you've got a real winner there if you can add some lavender essential oil oh, with yeah. the St. John's Words. It's a right. preservative but also helps calm people down. There's a lot of massage therapists rely heavily on St. John's wort oil. Right.
1: Yeah, and the lavender is another, that's one of those essential oils that's particularly good for calming the nerves.
2: Yeah, it's, so it's my absolute favorite. I know it doesn't, not everybody likes it. It's in the mint family, again, mm-hmm. your favorite family, but uh, some people have a, an, an unpleasant reaction to it. But for those that don't, we have seen people that have, they have alcohol dependency and they can only go for a certain amount of time without it becoming dangerous to them. They'll go into DT and... Although this doesn't save them from going into DT, it helps them calm themselves enough so that we can treat them and, and then get them into a place where they can be safe. Right. So I've seen people where their face is all red and they're flushed oh. and they're going to throw up and they can't stand up and then we open up the lavender and oh, they just yeah. relax quite a bit. So that's a a blessing to have in my tool bag. But there are other essential oils, of course.
1: Well, two of the ones, I I like to use lavender mixed with rosemary, Mm. a combination, half and half of each, Mm -hmm. um, particularly when it's anxiety during the day because the rosemary is stimulating enough to counterbalance any sleepiness you might get as a result of the lavender. Right. So the end result is that you feel very relaxed But alert. And clear. Rosemary Mm -hmm. helps you clear your mind. Right. So you're relaxed, you're alert, you're clear, and you're capable. Nice. And those two together, I mean, just smelling them will pick you up real fast.
2: Yeah, Kathy Cavill, uh, we heard her speak, and she mentioned orange, many different types of flavors yeah. of orange. And bitter orange is one that I had had in my car when the kids would start kind of acting up. And, you know, it's either that or I do the old arm swiping thing. Like <laughs> yeah. my, it didn't work for my parents, no but it well. made them feel better. So I use the the bitter orange. and have a little piece of uh, kiln dried clay that my son had made into a bead. And I keep that in my car and I put a drop of that bitter orange on the back of that clay and then that just seemed to help them calm down quite a bit
1: yeah orange all of the oranges um, narrowly was really expensive but it's also very good that one just like the other ones of for reducing anxiety and shifting your mood Mm -hmm. if you're looking specifically for help with things like public speaking where you need to redirect your emotional energy into a specific form like into the speech itself Mm -hmm. narrowly is great for that but it is really expensive. Yeah, so. and just a dab will do you, fortunately. Exactly, exactly. I personally am more likely to rely on the orange, the sweet or bitter orange myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a couple of other ones. Uh, hyssop,
2: lemon balm. Lemon balm is actually quite expensive in the essential oil. It is. It's a very expensive essential oil. Which I, I guess it's just because it's you have to use so much on earth to extract very little.
1: Maybe right. It's like absolute yeah.
2: rose. I, I'm, I'm not sure.
1: right. I, I'm assuming it is because you use a large quantity, but I really don't know why mm-hmm. Melissa is expensive as it is. Yeah. It is an effective one though, for helping reduce um, anxiety and also for dealing with um, depression and bringing you
2: know, bringing your spirits back up, right. I imagine that when I've made lemon balm tea, And usually, you know, I don't drink a lot of lemon balm tea because there's so many other things that I can use to help with my digestive system, but... I, I breathe it in right. a lot of times. I can't help it. It smells so delightful. Oh, So yeah. I think that throwing that into a steam with a little bit of the yarl, perhaps the pink yarrow, like you were saying. That would be um, really nice. Uh, some elderflower blossoms. How oh. nice would that be? <laughs> that would be very good. And maybe nice, valerian yeah. blossoms, which valerian, the writ of course, smells horrible, but the flowers just, they smell heavenly. They do. Which interesting yeah. to me. Why don't more people... Use valerian flower. Why is it just the stinky root?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I have to admit, though, for myself, I find the valerian root to be absolutely heavenly. Uh huh. So, and I really, I respond well to valerian. It's very relaxing for me. I think I've had an overdose of teenage boy room. Possibly. That might, that's <laughs> exactly what it reminds me of. And, and pretty much, I've only run into one other person thus far who actually liked the smell of valerian
2: mm-hmm.
1: also. Yeah. You know, so... To each their own. It's not normal, I guess. Yeah. Um, I do know, though, that valerian is an excellent one for sleep, as is oat straw, and... Skull cap of course, just before bed. Mm-hmm. Um, Holy basil. Holy basil. Is a wonderful yes. thing for
2: hops. treating. Yeah, hops. Oh my goodness, and that's also really good for things like IBS and and the hardcore digestive issues that people deal with. Passion blower is one of my favorites as well for helping people sleep, helping children sleep. It's very child safe, and. Yes. People that just have that railroad train of thought going through their head, and that's what's keeping them awake. Yeah, um, I've had a lot of great experiences with passion flower. It's it's made a lot of friends, and it's very easy to grow. I mean, down south there's passion flower galore. Of course, most of the research is on one type of passion flower, but there are over five hundred different types of species of passion flower. It's oh. the incarnata that most people have done research about, so that's the one we use. But I would not be surprised in the slightest if. if many of those passion flowers have just the exact same properties. Right,
1: or darn close. Yeah. I mean, you should you should really, honestly, if you've got passion flower growing near you, mm-hmm. use it. Because whatever it is that's growing near you is most likely going to be most beneficial to you. Yeah. If you don't, sure, get the one that we've done the research on. But. Yeah. And it's so
2: exotic looking. It's beautiful. and beautiful. It's really it's beautiful. vigorous. If you shelter it from the extreme winters, then you can have it all year round. Yeah. But, uh, and also, one thing I've discovered is uh, if you're if you have a brand new weed whacker, don't go over to don't prune go. near a private. Yeah, it away from those the. Those stalks are, are much more tender than I originally had thought. That was a big surprise. Oh. So,
1: <laughs> so. Anyway, the reason I brought up the one of the herbs that are good for sleep is because that's one of the other good natural cures to help with anxiety is to get a good night's sleep. Yes. Yeah. And there are the more herbals that you can do to help yourself with that, the better off you are. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I know that
2: some other of my the massage therapists and chiropractor friends have said, if you're feeling anxious, straighten your posture, drink a glass mm-hmm. of water. And any yes. that's not
1: herbal, but anyone can do that. Yes. And if you happen to have a little bit of aspen flower essence or yarrow flower essence, put, put a couple drop drops in into that water and drink Indeed. it because that'll really... Give you that little extra boost. Yep. Yep. Well, Sue, I think that about covers the majority of what I wanted to go over for Herbs for Anxiety today. Do you have anything more you wanted to add? Um, We
2: will have a list of some of the books that we mentioned and a few more on our website. And we welcome people's comments and questions. We also have a Facebook page people can check out, The Practical Herbalist and our websites are the practicalherbalist.com as well as realherbalismradio.com and stay stay out of anxiety. Yeah, relax. <laughs> relax. Yep.
0: Now it's time for a real herbalism radio sponsor break. Wait. So
2: what- and they just didn't quite click. Right. And the club is the one where you you get you you subscribe. Yes. No. Yep. And you get exclusive content. Yep. All those, the older shows, the 50 the old older shows, shows yeah. forum. Some the of forum which we listen to yep. during
1: December. Yep. Yep. So we're. We, and then you guys, club members, will get special notices on any specials or upcoming yes. cool stuff.
2: And applied herbalism articles by both Candace and myself. Yes. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's in there and stuff that we're not disclosing now. It's a secret.
0: Now, a word from Thomas Easley about the Journal of Functional Herbalism. The
1: Journal of Functional Herbalism is a free online journal promoting the integration of traditional Western herbalism, clinical nutrition, and functional medicine. It's published by the Eclectic School of Herbal Medicine, and you can find the Journal of Functional Herbalism at FunctionalHerbalism.com.
0: Now it's time for herbalism and homesteading news.
1: In a recent article published by the American Heart Association, researchers talked about potassium uh, reducing the risk of strokes in women who are older. They boiled it down to saying that women who eat a more potassium-rich diet are less likely to have a stroke as they reach their older ages.
2: Yeah, they used to have a lower amount of potassium that they requested women that are in menopausal years to have. But now they've got it at the same level as women who are pregnant, which is, for the USDA, 4,700 milligrams.
1: Right, and And the World Health Organization has a slightly lower number, but it's not that much lower. Yes,
2: 3,500 milligrams
1: for the World Health Association. Yeah.
2: So how do you get all of that into your diet? When you're pregnant, you have the impetus right, to put that in your diet because you're not just thinking about yourself. You're thinking about yourself and your baby.
1: Not to mention that you're younger, your metabolism works faster, you're moving more, and you're going to be able to burn up all those extra calories. Right.
2: And when you're menopausal, it's just for you. So thinking about what's best for myself and to per- to protect myself from stroke and to protect my family members from how to deal with me after a stroke, maybe that would be a good impetus. And fortunately, the things that you need to add to your diet are really quite tasty.
1: Right. Well, and I mean, you know, the things that the article mentioned were banana, white and sweet potatoes, white beans. Mm-hmm. Is a small list, yep. and and they're great. But I think there's a world of better, or not necessarily better, but a world of really good potassium-laden herbs. That we could talk about
2: yes definitely the nettle is the first thing that comes to mind for me because nettle is just so rich in every mineral not just potassium and normally for a menopausal woman you need a lot of other minerals as well a lot of people will take calcium supplements but if you can get that in your diet that's better than taking in a pill naturally Right. right Yeah, and some women have problems with swelling of the ankles Mm -hmm. and the diuretic action of nettle also helps with you know, slimming those ankles and taking off some of that water weight.
1: Sure, that makes sense. Dandelion would be another good one.
2: Dandelion is wonderful. It's very, very high in potassium. And in our herbal folio, we do talk a lot more about some of the intricate values that dandelion has to offer. Potassium naturally being one of them. Parsley and cilantro are are high in nettle and we're high in nettle, high in <laughs> potassium. And we're talking about just a teaspoon, really. Right. And when you're right now at this time of year. lot of people are making salsa and so they're putting cilantro and parsley and all kinds of those green herbs into their salsa well
1: just take a look at your salsa and think of that as medicine as well as a good food that sounds like a good plan some of the other herbs that are good um, that are also often used as cooking herbs include things like chevril and basil and dill what else yeah turmeric and paprika although they're not Green
2: herbs are also pretty high in potassium. And we at The Practical Herbalist always put food and herbs together. And right. apple is one apple, of the things yep. that just even a cup of apple, a raw apple, is 134 milligrams. Avocado, it's got a huge amount, and that's 734 milligrams of potassium for a cup of of avocado and you can add that to your salsa and you've right. got even more exactly.
1: even more potassium exactly and as we move in toward the fall rosemary is excellent on any of the roasts or soups and stews that you make it's got a lot of potassium in it
2: yes and um, one thing we definitely need to mention is that um, when you get older you are often more susceptible to other diseases and it's important to talk to your doctor before taking any kind of other potassium supplements some um medications will cause your body to retain more potassium levels. It will cause your potassium levels to ha- to raise. If you have poor kidney function, for example, and you're taking some of the anti- non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, then it will cause your potassium level to raise ar- artificially. Or ACE inhibitors is another example. Beta blockers would be one item that you would really need to talk to your doctor about. There are also some Um, prescription meds that cause your potassium levels to lower. And those are important to talk to your healthcare professional about. Uh, One of the things, laxatives, uh, insulin, antacids, those are some fairly common things that people take that will take out your potassium levels. When you think about it, it kind of makes a lot of sense.
1: Sure. So it makes a lot of sense for those folks, especially who are You know, middle-aged and older to talk to or work with their healthcare providers to come up with the optimum diet and the optimum amount of potassium that they should be taking daily. It is possible to take too much. It is,
2: and anytime you're taking any kind of diuretic, uh, corn silk is one of the common diuretics that people do take to help uh, deal with the excess water weight. Uh, Nettle, again, another diuretic, but the thing about the corn silk and dandelion and nettle is even though they're all diuretics they replace more potassium than they're taking out so it's helping your kidney function as well as decrease your uh, potential for stroke so that's one of the nice things that you can say about herbs that you just don't have the same thing to say about for over-the-counter medication or
0: prescription medication herbalism 101 this is part of the show where Sue and Candace answer a listener question or teach you about an herbal definition or term covering basic to advanced herbal knowledge. If you would like the dirt on herbs, herbalism, or anything else related, you can send your question using our simple contact form at realherbalismradio.com slash herbalism101. If we choose your question for the show, we will send you a free PDF ebook, Natural Nutrition by The Practical Herbalist, currently available for $4.99 at The Practical Herbalist Store. Here's Candice and Sue to discuss this show's Herbalism 101 topic.
1: Sue, today I'd like to go over the definition for an infusion. That's one of those words that comes up often and is tossed around. Tell me about what an infusion really is.
2: Infusion in herbal world is a very flexible term, but the term that I feel most comfortable defining it as is a liquid that has properties from plant parts extracted into it. And most often when we talk about infusions, we're talking about water. That's the liquid we're talking about, either hot water or cold water, that technically when you're saying, I'm making an infusion, you're taking hot water and pouring it over the plant, not boiling it on the stove. That would be a decoction. But there's lots of other liquids that people use in herb world to make an infusion, like glycerin or any kind of alcohol, a tincture is some kind sometimes called an alcohol infusion or an extraction. Honey, vinegars, agave syrup, which is one of the things that people are using. Sometimes coconut oil, people infuse things into coconut oil, or they can use uh, warm up a uh, plant butter like a coconut butter, or a cocoa butter, and infuse it that way. Wine, uh, juice, there's all kinds of different liquids. As long as it can be in liquid stage at one point and it can be extracting the plant properties, then you've got yourself an infusion.
1: Sure. And when we're often talking to most most herbalists, when you're throwing that word around, if you need to, it's all. it would be wise to define, are we talking about a water-based infusion when you're talking to your herbalists or herbal friends? Uh, most of us assume it's water, but you're right. Any, any liquid can really be the basis for an infusion.
2: Yes, and in herb world,
1: as always, flexibility is the key. And now there's tea. That's that another tea. one I was going to say, because people talk about herbal infusions versus herbal teas. There really is no difference, correct? That is right,
2: yes. Like I said before, the only difference that I think I've heard people fuss about is uh, decoction. Chinese herbs are often decocted on the stove, and that's right. very different than... Uh, regular infusion, which is the pouring over, but I have heard the term used for just about anything liquid with something plant in it or plant strained through it.
0: The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA. and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast